Am I on? Am I good? We're good? Okay. Um, we started talking about prayer last week, and uh, this is prayer part two. All right, so last week we talked about um, prayer is confession. And, and confession, basically a, us coming to an understanding of who we are and where we are. And we talked about a psalm. We talked about our desperate need of the Lord. Not just at desperate times, but at all times. Us coming to an understanding that prayer is our communication with the Lord. Is us talking to the Lord. And our first, and trying to be people who biblically pray, we first come to an understanding of who we are and where we are. And we are in desperate need of Christ at all moments in our life. And so confession as prayer is important. It's kind of the foundation, us coming before the Lord saying, we are not in control, as Brian has said. We are not in control, Lord, but you are in control, and you are always in control. And I shared with you last week, we have to be reminded that the Lord is never out of control. I mean, as we have wet streets, I'm sure you'll see some people today, if you drive around, that may lose control because of the circumstances on the great Lovington roads. Maybe someone might lose control. We understand that God never loses control. He is always in control. Dietrich Bonhoeffer says this. I think this is uh, interesting. When men pray, they have ceased to know themselves and know only God whom they call upon. So, so we begin to recognize. I'll read it again to you. When men pray, they have ceased to know themselves and know only God whom they call upon. Now we come to this understanding that it's not about our power. It's not about our control. But in the, instead, it is all about the Lord, about His power, about His control. And so confession is really important. This morning we're going to talk about petition, prayer as petition or prayer as supplication. So let me pray for us and then we'll dive into the Lord's Word. Lord, help us this morning as we study Your Word to, um, to continue to worship You in this. Worship You in the way that we hear it. Worship in the way that we listen to it. Worship you in the way that we respond to it, that you may receive glory, that you may receive honor. God, that people would recognize the people in this building, the people outside of this building, that we see Christ as priority. And so the way that we respond to you this morning, God, we want to worship you. We want to give you the glory and the honor. Speak to us through your Holy Spirit this morning. In Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Uh, we are reminded that prayer is important. I've told you that before. Prayer is important. Last week I told you that prayer is important. Have I said that already? That prayer is important. Uh, I mentioned to you last week that um, uh, if you know someone who's a believer, or if you're here this morning and you are a believer, you know that prayer is, just guess what I'm going to say, important. Uh, but there is some, some uh, there's a little bit of hesitancy when we talk about prayer. Uh, we know that we should be praying because prayer is important, right? Have I said it seven times, David? I'm not sure. I think I did. Okay, yeah. Prayers, prayer is important. I'll say it one more time just in case. We understand that. We know that it's important. We also know that it's priority. We look back and we have moments and we say, ah, I should have prayed more. I didn't pray enough. I didn't pray at all. We, we know about those moments. Uh, a, a Christian, another, another Christian phrase that we often say is, I'll pray for you, or I'm praying for you. Not often do we follow up with that and actually pray, but we are good about saying, I'll pray for you. I will pray for you. And we even have 
a mandate from the Lord. We have scripture that tells us. I'll read this to you. Ephesians 6.18 from Paul. Praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. So we have in Ephesians, the letter to the, the church in Ephesus. Pray for the saints. Offer supplication. Offer for, petition for those, for the saints. Philippians 4, 6, do not be anxious about anything, but everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be known to God. I mean, how many of you have had a moment of anxiety, had a moment of stress? And so as you uh, communicate that with someone, oh, I'm so stressed about this. If they're a believer and you are a believer, you, you probably would say to them, well, have you prayed about it? Well, you know what Philippians 4, 6 says. Let's not be anxious about anything, but instead, let's pray about it. I mean, you've probably quoted that. 1 Timothy 2, 1. First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people. Another biblical mandate. Paul saying, hey, if you're a follower of Jesus, you're going to be praying for other people. Memory verse for this year, for this part of the year. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 17. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. How many people do you know that say, I wish I knew the Lord's will for my life? Have you ever said that for yourself? If I just knew the Lord's will for my life. And have you ever thought for a moment that First Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 could be correct? Have you ever thought for a moment that First Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 may be truth? It might be from the Lord, and it says this, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. I mean, right now you have no excuse for not knowing the will of God for your life. I just shared it with you. The will of God for your life is to rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and give thanks in all circumstances. Much easier said than done. And most of us are saying, yeah, well, Matt, I want to know the Lord's will for my life. What I mean is, how will I make money? How will I retire? How will I have comfort? How will I have ease? How will I get out of suffering? Those are the things I'm talking about. I'm not talking about biblical stuff. I'm not talking about those things. Like, I know I should rejoice always. I know I should pray without ceasing. I know that I should give thanks. I understand that. What I'm talking about, those, those more difficult things. Well, is it not difficult to rejoice always? Is it not difficult to pray without ceasing? Is it not difficult to give thanks in all circumstances? I mean, that's a pretty large task that we're, we're talking about. Prayer is important. We, we see this. We see this. We say it often. I'm going to pray for you. So prayer, biblical prayers, part two is this, that we would offer supplication, that we would offer petition for one another. Uh, I'm going to make this real simple for you this morning is my hope that we would see that it's so important not just to say, I'll pray for you, but that we would see important with following through with that, that we would actually pray without ceasing, that we would take it to heart and say, we are communicating with God out of my hands into the hands of the Lord. Not my power and my control, but instead the Lord's power and the Lord's control. Not about me, but instead about the glory of the Lord. And so when we say things like, I'll pray for you and not follow through with that, but I really feel like what we've done is we've said... I know this is the Christian thing to say, and so I'm going to respond with, I'll pray for you. But when I actually don't pray for that person or for that situation, what I've done is I've said, 
I know I should say this, but do I really trust God to act upon it? Do I really think God has the power and control to actually intervene or actually help with this situation or with this person? Now, we want to come to a point in our life where we can say prayer and supplication or prayer and petition is so important that we would stop everything that we're doing to say, God, your power, your control, your glory in this person's life. How many of you have had a moment where um, you've asked someone to pray for you? And you've said, like my, I'll just give an example here. Hey, Dad, would you pray for me concerning this issue? And uh, my dad's a jokester, and he, he likes to be sarcastic some. And, uh, and so uh, anyway, so his common phrase back is, well, in what direction or what way would you like for me to pray? Hey, Dad, uh, we feel like uh, Lovington, New Mexico, may be the next uh, stop on the journey that the Lord has our family on. Would you pray? Okay, you want me to pray for that or against it? You know, what, what direction do you want me to pray? And so, I mean, we, we come to those moments in everyday life like where we say, I'll, I'll pray for you. And often even, all right, we often might even use it as a, a harsh thing. Oh, I'll pray for you. You know, you don't know what I'm praying, but I'll pray for you. Country music, anybody familiar with country music? I'll read you the lyrics to a country song. The song is titled, Pray For You. Here's the, here's the verse one. I haven't been to church since I don't remember when. Things were going great till they fell apart again. So I listened to the preacher as he told me what to do. He said, you can't go on hating others you have done wrong to, who have done wrong to you. Sometimes we get angry, but we must not condemn. Let the good Lord do his job and you just pray for them. That's a great opening verse. Here's the chorus. Maybe you know this song. So I pray your brakes go out as you're running down a hill. I pray a flower pot falls from a windowsill and knocks you in your head like I'd like to. I pray your birthday comes and nobody calls. I pray you're flying high when your engine stalls. I pray all your dreams never come true. Just know wherever you are, honey, I pray for you. You know, it's probably not the direction that the preacher was asking this guy to go in, right? Uh, you think back to uh, to Luke chapter nine, and you've got uh, you've got the disciples with Christ, and uh, things aren't going like the disciples would see them, the, the, the direction that they thought they should go in, and so their response is, "Lord, should we call down fire from heaven?" I mean. I'll pray for you. I'm going to pray that fire from heaven falls down upon you. Like you, you would, you would see the glory of the Lord immediately when the fire fell from heaven. We have to understand this is not necessarily what God is wanting out of supplication and petition. We're asking the Lord to be glorified. If fire falls from heaven and the Lord is glorified, that's his doing. If a flower pot falls off a windowsill and knocks me in the head because one of you prayed for that, and the glory of the Lord is, he's glorified through that, so let him be glorified. But our petition is that God would be glorified. John 17 is the ultimate example of someone who's praying supplication and petition for others. Now we see prayer as us communicating to the Lord. Lord, not our power, not our control, but your power, your control for your glory. And John chapter 17 is this perfect example of someone praying prayers of supplication and petition, not for his own glory, 
but for the glory of the Lord. You know, you're probably familiar with this prayer. Uh, we, we talk about the Lord's Prayer, and oftentimes we, we quote the Lord's Prayer as, as um, our Father who art in heaven, that prayer, but that's the model prayer, and this is the Lord's Prayer. This is Christ Jesus' prayer. I'm going to read the whole chapter for us. It says this, in, starting in verse 1 of John chapter 17. When Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son that the Son may glorify you. Immediately, we're seeing that Christ knows who he is and where he is. And it's time for the Lord to be glorified. Since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom they have you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. When we talk about prayer supplication, this should be one of our prayers. Lord, that this person may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. That's a prayer of petition. That's a prayer of supplication. Verse 4, I glorified you on the earth, having accomplished the work that you have given, you gave to me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. Christ is saying in this prayer of petition and supplication, not my will, but your will. Not my name, but your name. Let you be glorified in this moment. I mean, when we're praying prayers for people, let's be specific, we're praying prayers for people who are sick. Lord, we want this person to be healed. We ask ourselves, why do we want them to be healed? For the glory of the Lord. A prayer of supplication, a prayer of petition. Lord, let this person be healed for, for your glory, so that your name may be made known, so that your power may be made known, so that people would understand that you are always in control. Verse 6, I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now, they know that everything that you have given me is from you. For I have given them the words that you gave me, and they have received them, and have come to know you, to know in truth that I came from you. And they have believed that you sent me. Prayer of supplication, of petition. Lord, let these people know that everything they have belongs to you. In our church world, we often would call this the Lord's house. We would say, this house belongs to the Lord. Yet when we go home to the houses that we live in, how often do we say, Lord, this house belongs to you also. This house that I'm living in, that I sleep in, is also the Lord's house. We understand that everything that we have belongs. It comes from the Lord. We take no credit for it. We should never take credit for it. Verse 9, I am praying for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. Verse 11, and I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world. And I'm coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. Prayer of supplication, petition that the Lord is praying here. Lord, let them be united. I'm leaving this dark and broken place. They are remaining. Lord, help them in the remaining in the dark and devastated place. Let them be knowing and desperate for you, and let them be one as they're desperate for you. Verse 12, while I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I have guarded them, and not one of them has been lost except the son of destruction, that the scripture might be fulfilled. I mean, we pray for safety all the time, but what's the reason that we're praying for safety? Lord, we want these people to remain safe. 
I mean, we, we, if we took a show of hands this morning, I would say the majority of us have probably prayed that. Lord, keep this person safe or keep me safe or keep these people safe. Jesus is praying this prayer of supplication, this prayer of petition. Lord, guard them. But what is he praying for? Guard them from what? I mean, we know ultimately we're talking about spiritual things. The Lord is saying guard them from the evil one. Keep them guarded. Keep them safe from the evil one. Much larger than streets with potholes and water. Lord, keep us safe on these streets. What's the reason? What's the reason for us wanting to be safe on these streets? Lord, for your glory, keep us guarded from the evil one, the one that wants destruction. Verse 14, I've given them your word, and the the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I mean, for a moment, when you say, Matt, I'm going to pray for you, what I'm hoping that you would recognize in a prayer of supplication and petition is this, the world hates me because of who I love. And so because of that, the world is against me. And as I pray for you, that I would come to an understanding that because of who you love in Christ, the world is against you. And so I'm praying, though, God, you know the world is against those who love your son. God, would you use them for your glory? Would you guard them from the evil one? Would you let their life be one that's bringing honor and worth to who you are? Verse 15, I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but you keep them from the evil one. God, remove them from that place. No, he doesn't pray that, prayer of supplication, but instead he says, be be glorified in that moment and that desperate place by keeping them guarded from the evil one. Prayer of supplication, prayer of petition. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. Prayer of petition, prayer of supplication. God, would you make them pure? Would you sanctify them in your truth, in your word? Would they be hanging on to your word instead of words of the world? As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake I consecrate myself, and they also may be sanctified in truth. Verse 20, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. Prayer of supplication for future believers. We talked about last Sunday night that a great discipleship program begins with you as a disciple making a disciple. So the goal for 2017 for yourself as a disciple maker should be one, that you would reach one person and disciple them for Christ. That if you are a follower and a disciple of Christ, your call, your commission, your commandment from the Lord is to make disciples. And so your goal should be, Lord, help me to make a disciple. And you would begin praying today, Lord, I'm asking for supplication and petition for a future believer, one who has not yet given their life to Christ. I do not ask for the, for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that they have sent me. Verse 22, the glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one even as we are one. 
I and them and you and me, that they may become perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me and loved me, loved them even as you loved me. Verse 24, Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me may be with me where I am to see my glory that you may have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you and these know you that you have sent me. I made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have have loved may be in them, and I in them. Prayer of supplication. Christ is saying, these believers, the future believers, the believers together, that they would know who you are, that you would be honored, you would be glorified, that your name would be lifted up. That it would be for your sake that you answer these prayers. It would be for your sake that you hear these petitions and answer these prayers. Maybe you've signed a petition before. Uh, maybe you've uh, been on the long list of petitions that were signed. You know, maybe it was a, a petition to uh, to change something. I'm going to use this example of, again. Maybe you signed a petition to uh, to get the potholes filled in uh, in, in Lovington. And you're on that petition, and you and you feel like maybe if there's enough signatures on this list, the potholes will be filled in. For whose glory? I mean, I know that's that's hard to think about, but I've signed petitions before. But for whose glory did I sign that? I mean, let's say if there was truly a petition to sign to get the potholes filled in, for whose glory is that? That's for my glory, for my comfort, for my sake, so that I don't lose my fourth hubcap. You know, I mean, it's for my, for my glory, for myself. I mean, here's Christ. Chapter 18, we read chapter 17. Chapter 18, what happens? Christ is being arrested to die in our place. And as, that, as that's awaiting him, what does he do? He prays for us. He offers petition, supplication to the Lord and says, Lord, may you be glorified. May these people be guarded from the evil one. Not for my sake, not for their sake, but for your sake. So that your name may be lifted up. So that others may know you. So that people would see around the world who God is. His power, His control, His sovereignty, His, His name as priority. So prayer is supplication. A prayer is petition is all about God. I mean, we make it about the person that we're praying for. Or we make it about ourselves. I'm offering up this petition concerning myself. But, but truthfully, our example in Christ is, this is all about the Lord. Last scripture for you. 1 Samuel. It's in the Old Testament, 1 Samuel. Towards the beginning of the Old Testament. 1 Samuel chapter 1. It's right after Ruth. If you find Ruth, then you've... You're close to Samuel. If you see Revelation, then you're way away from it. First Samuel chapter 1. We hear a prayer of petition here. We see somebody who's pleading with the Lord, offering petition, offering supplication up. First Samuel chapter 1. I'm going to kind of breathe through some of this. But uh, basically we have this man who has two wives. Men, don't go home and pray for two wives. All right? That's not the supplication I want you to take from this. I don't want you to leave this morning and say, yeah, what I got out of the sermon was I should pray for two wives. Okay, no. Verse 2 says he had two wives. The name of, uh, of um, the one was Hannah, and the name of the other was that lady. All right? And uh, that one lady, it started with a P, she had uh, children, but Hannah had no children. 
Hannah had no children. Verse 3, Now this man used to go up year by year from his city to worship and to sacrifice to the Lord of hosts at Shiloh, where the two sons of Eli and Hophni and Phinehas were priests of the Lord. And on the day when Elkanah sacrificed, he would give portions to Peniah, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he gave a double portion because he loved her, though the Lord had closed her womb. So we see righteous people. We see people who are followers of the Lord. They're doing everything they're supposed to do. They go and worship. They offer sacrifices. They're doing everything that they're supposed, they're supposed to do. Verse 6 says this. And her rival, talking about Hannah and the, uh, the other wife, her sister wife, and her rival used to provoke her grievously to irritate her because the Lord had closed her womb. So I don't know if you know. And I won't go there. These women argued with each other, and they picked at each other. Both followers of the Lord. One with children, one without. But I want you to notice something. The lady picked, one wife picked at the other, but she's not picking and making fun of her necessarily. She's picking it. They recognize that it's the Lord who closed her womb. So already God's getting the credit for this, for this circumstance. All right, let's move on. Um, verse 7. So he went on, um, where, did, where did I leave off? Yeah, uh, verse 7. So it went on a year by Year by year, as often as she went up to the house of the Lord, she used to provoke her. Therefore, Hannah wept and would not eat. Does that sound like depression? Does that sound like someone who's desperate for the Lord to act? And that the circumstance and the situation of the world has really weighed down on her? Does it sound like somebody who's in need of supplication and petition? Someone praying for her? And her husband said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? And why do you not eat? And why is your heart sad? Am I not more to you than ten sons? And we try and, ju- we try and make the moment as best we can. Don't you see that what you have is great? You are blessed in this moment. It's, it's a great moment, but you can't see past the situation. And after they had eaten, verse 9, and drunk in Shiloh, Hannah rose. Now Eli, the priest, was sitting at the seat beside the doorpost of the temple of the Lord. She was deeply distressed and prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your servant and remember me and not forget your servant, but will give to your servant a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and no razor shall touch his head. She's making a vow. She's making a promise before the Lord. Lord, if you will give me a son, I will in turn give him back to you. This is a selfish yet selfless prayer of petition. Lord, I want this so bad. My heart grieves for this. I'm weeping bitterly. I want this so bad. But on the other hand, Lord, know my honesty. See my heart. And I want this so bad. I want this to happen so terribly bad. But on the other hand, I know your will be done. And I know you're to be honored and glorified. So Lord, if this happens, if you were to grant this petition and this supplication, Lord, for your will, for your glory, I will return it and give it right back to you. As she continued praying before the Lord, people observed her. Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was speaking in her heart. Only her lips moved and her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli 
took her to be a drunken woman. Listen, pastor, you can pray for me all you want, but that's just crazy. I guess nothing's actually going to happen. You can say all those things that you want to say, but but is anything actually going to happen? I mean, Eli's a priest. Surely he knows people come into the priestly places to pray and talk to the Lord, but yet he's calling her a drunk, a crazy woman. And Eli said to her in verse 14, How long will you go on being drunk? Put your wine away from you. But Hannah answered, No, my Lord, I'm a woman troubled in spirit. I have not drunk neither wine or strong drink, but I have been pouring out my soul before the Lord. Now I'm not saying that the obvious actions of someone pouring out their soul before the Lord is that of a drunk. So if you came in acting drunk, my first assumption would not be that you're pouring out your soul before the Lord. My assumption would be that you are drunk. So don't go and say, well, if I want to give correct or biblical supplication and petition before the Lord, I should act drunk. That's not the case. But we're seeing something here. Hannah pouring out her her soul before the Lord. John chapter 17, Christ pouring out his soul before the Lord. That's prayer of petition. That's prayer of supplication. When I say I'll pray for you, I mean, I'm just going to be real. How often have I actually poured out my soul for you? When you say you're praying for me, how often have we actually poured out our soul before the Lord saying prayer of petition and supplication? Because God, you are worthy of this. Verse 16, do not regard your servant as a worthless woman. For all along I have been speaking out of my great anxiety and vexation. Then Eli answered, go in peace. And the God of Israel grant your petition that you have made to him. And she said, let your servant find favor in your eyes. And the woman went her way and ate, and her face was no longer sad. She made a prayer of petition, of supplication, and she poured out her soul before the Lord. And she trusted that as she let power go away from her, no longer in her control, no longer in her power, but instead turns it all over to the Lord, she was able to walk away in peace, trusting in the Lord. Prayer of supplication and petition is about us. What does Dietrich Bonhoeffer say? When men pray, they have ceased to know themselves and know only God whom they call upon. A prayer of petition and supplication is us saying, God, your power your control. It is out of my hands. I'm pouring my soul out to you because I'm understanding that it's all about your power and your control. And then God grants her petition. He answers her prayer and gives her a son. And what does she say in verse 27? For this child I prayed and the Lord has granted my petition that I made him. Therefore, I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he, he lives, he is lent to the Lord, and he worshiped the Lord there. She followed through with her prayer of petition and supplication. She made a vow, Lord, if you grant this for your glory, this child for your glory. We, we have to come to a point as followers of Christ to say, it's no longer about my power, it's no longer about my control, but instead it's all about the Lord's power, the Lord's control. And when we pray for other people, when we offer prayers of petition or prayers of supplication, we are ultimately saying, God, this is not about me. It's not even about this person. This is about you. For this child I prayed, and Lord, you answered the prayer, but it's for your glory, and so this child belongs to you. 
Lord, we want healing to come for this particular person. And so for your glory, heal this person. And when they're healed, continue to use them for your glory and not just for my own comfort or my own desire, but all for you. So I'll make it real easy for you this morning. I'm going to say pick three. Model after the prayer of Jesus in John chapter 17. And pick three. Pick a family member. And I'm saying commit to this over the next year that you would pray for one of your family members. Not just, Lord, be with my family members, but read John chapter 17 again and say, Lord, this particular family member, I'm going to pray for this particular family member. Secondly, I want you to pick a fellow believer, a follower of Jesus, maybe someone within this room right now that you would pick and say, I'm going to pray, I'm going to commit to to offer prayer of supplication and petition before the Lord for this person. I'm going to pray for this person. I'm going to commit to that. I'm going to pray John chapter 17 prayers. I'm going to be like Christ, that Christ may be honored and glorified in this person. So pray for a family member. Pray for a fellow believer, a follower of Christ. And then I want you to pray by name for a future believer. Someone who is yet to confess Christ as Lord. By name. Now that's going to be difficult because some of you are thinking maybe right now, I'm not sure that I know a lost person. (laughs) You're going to have to find a place to find a lost person. All right? You as a disciple, as a follower of Jesus, find someone in your area of influence that's not a follower of Jesus and pray for them by name. Uh, Out on the um, table out there, there's a shirt that just says pray for Lovington. And I think that's, that's what our call is, is that we would, we would pray for this community, for those who believe and for those who yet to believe. For those who believe, we would pray like Christ and say, guard them from the evil one. For those who yet to believe, we would say, God, that they may know you, the only God, and your son whom you have sent. That they would... They would be, uh, that they would understand who you are, God, so that you may be glorified because you are truly worthy of that. So during invitation time, this is what I'm going to ask you to do. Brian's going to come up. He's going to lead us in a song. Um, and I really want you to pray. I want you to pray, God, show me three people I can pray for. Show me a family member I can pray for. Show me a fellow believer within First Baptist Lovington, a fellow follower that I can pray for, that I can commit to pray prayers of supplication and petition for. And Lord, show me or remind me of someone that I know is who is yet to confess Christ as Lord, and let me pray for them. Let me commit to be praying for them. And then what I want you to do is maybe use your bulletin or write their names inside your Bible or something, and I want you to commit to that. And during our invitation time, uh, committing, responding to the Lord, saying, prayer for supplication is important. You've, You've asked us. You've given us direction to pray for others. And so, Lord, I want to commit this, not just saying I'll pray for you, but truly pouring out my soul before you, Lord, that you may hear my prayers and be glorified by the way that you respond. I'm going to pray for us. Brian's going to lead us in an invitation song. We're going to stand, or, or you may remain seated. Uh, use maybe the first verse even as a time to really reflect and say, God, who can I pray for? Who can I commit to? Maybe you even go outside of your comfort zone a little bit, and maybe you ask somebody to hold you accountable to that. Somebody that's near you say, here's the three people I'm going to pray for. Would you hold me accountable to actually commit to pray for these people? Let's pray.